Transformation Show. I am your host, Dave Mifsud. Excited to have you here for our second episode of my wonderful show that I've been kicking off, uh, all about helping you transform your life in all sorts of ways, giving you tools, strategies, inspiration, lessons, stories to help you get your goals. Mainly fitness is the big one that we like to dive into, but often talking about other areas of life to draw lessons and other things from that that can hopefully be relevant to you and your life. Today's episode is very fitness orientated, however, uh, and I want to be talk a little bit about genetics and bad metabolisms and how do you overcome that and how does that impact someone's ability to get results, change their body, losing weight, losing body fat, which is the most common kind of goal, right? I've been in the fitness world for a while now. That's the most common goal going around. And I really want to dive into it. And it's something that's very close to my heart, uh, very, very close to my heart for those who listen to say the first episode or know my backstory, know that I struggled with my body and my weight. Uh, my entire childhood uh, and still have my challenges to this day without going into all details. And I would uh, consider myself, to be honest, to unfortunately be in the bad genetics category. Uh, the hand that I was dealt in life seemingly has not been uh, you know, too good for, for physique, meaning that if I'm not extremely conscious of what I'm eating and my exercise and all that jazz, uh, I typically gain weight like crazy. Uh, and that was why when I was younger, my diet was not definitely not great. And uh, I was exercising for sports, but not going to a gym or anything. Uh, that's why I was you know, quite overweight as a kid is because genetically, uh, I didn't have much going for me in that department. And so I know the, uh, the frustration that comes with feeling like you've been dealt a bad hand in life, in this area of life, and you look around at other people who uh, seem to get away with it more so than yourself, right? We all kind of know those people who, you know, they eat whatever the hell they want and they don't really exercise, they don't really care about their health and they manage to maintain uh, a good weight. Sometimes they maintain a really good weight and body uh, and it can be, again, very frustrating when you feel like you have to work so much harder and I really want to break apart the truth behind this, number one, talk about different kind of ways this happens and what's the steps? How do you, how do you, what do you do knowing these, these facts? So let's dive into all that. First thing is that genetics does play a huge role and something that it, you know I'd like to try to deny and be like, no, it's nothing to do with genetics, but it would be it would be a lie and it would be a misrepresentation of the information and data that we have out there in the world. If you ever look at you know studies or journals or um, things like that, where they take a, a cohort of people, they take 20 people and they put them through a, a training program or a diet. And this is what you know a lot of research is based off. And my background is in exercise science, so I'm, I'm pretty into the science side of things. Uh, when you look at groups of like 20 people and they track the results they get all from the same program or diet, the results are drastically different, drastically different. There are training programs where like the best responder to a training program gained like four kilos of muscle on their legs in 12 weeks, something crazy. And the worst responder like lost muscle doing the same program. Right, they, they lost like a couple hundred grams of muscle, if anything, and the top responders gaining kilos and kilos of muscle and their legs probably blew up and they'd have to buy a bigger pair of shorts and stuff. Something like that is such a, such a stark example of the difference in genetics. Now, maybe did they follow the program differently? Sure, maybe they came from different you know, training history. Like, obviously, there could be other factors, but relatively tightly controlled studies show that people put people on the same thing, they don't get the same results. And it's more so than just, well, you need a different program for different people. 
the the reality is some people's genetics uh, they just don't gain muscle as quickly they find it a little more difficult to lose weight and i'll explain what that means in a second and so first things first is like this is life <laughs> this is life we don't we don't get to control the hands we are dealt in life we don't get to look at the cards and put them back and ask for new ones it is what it is and if you feel like and and i would make sure this is actually objective not just you know, you think it might be, but if you really feel like that genetically, it's more difficult for you to lose weight for whatever reason, uh, it is what it is. And that's really important to accept, like this is how life goes. And then it gets into a few more nuanced kind of conditions almost that can affect this. So something that that's, I've dealt with uh, with clients quite a bit is uh, what's called polycystic ovarian syndromes. This is a specific, uh, I guess, condition or something that females have. You guys can't have it, not having ovaries. Uh, and polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, does make losing weight a little bit more difficult okay it's a, it changes the hormones in female bodies uh generally they are a little more insulin resistance which means that their body doesn't process carbohydrates as well and doesn't uh, over secretes insulin without going to all the scientific mumbo jumbo long story short pcos has been shown to make it a little bit more difficult is it impossible absolutely not does losing weight typically improve pcos yes it does but it's something that's there. I know anecdotally from the clients I've worked with that have had PCOS, typically it's it's fairly obvious it is making things a little more difficult, uh, at least from the clients I've worked with as well. And so like PCOS is, is one particular thing. There can be thyroid things going on. Um, by the way, PCOS, there are, there are medications and treatments and things that can go on to help with that. Uh, and I would recommend talking to someone about it if you may have that. Um, I can dive into strategies in this podcast on what to do, uh, but it's definitely worth talking to someone a little more specialized in that. Uh, the other one is things like thyroid conditions, which are very similar where there are like medication and things you can do to improve your thyroid. But essentially, uh, some people have uh, what they call hypothyroidism, meaning their thyroid uh, is a little bit slower. Your thyroid uh, is a, well, technically your thyroid is a gland uh, that uh, and then produces thyroid hormones called like, uh, T3 and T4, without going to evidence, without going to science. Uh, thyroid essentially regulates metabolism. When you have hypothyroidism, uh, then you typically have a slower metabolism and again, burn less calories than someone else. And that then makes losing weight difficult because weight loss is very much determined by how much you burn versus how much you consume. In fact, that's kind of the biggest determinant. So thyroid is another one. And the thing that the thing that's not really a condition, but what I uh, what I have observed as well as what's been found when they, they study people who, again, consider themselves genetically, find it hard to lose weight or slow metabolisms, is some people have what, what we kind of describe as adaptive metabolisms. What that means is it's not that their metabolism is inherently slow. What it means is when they begin to eat less food, you know, you go on a, a certain diet and you end up lowering your calorie intake to try to lose weight. As I said, that's how you know the game is played. Uh, when you do that, someone with an adaptive metabolism, their metabolism tends to drop down to that level much quicker than others. So you do like two weeks of a lower calorie diet and you're losing weight and you're like, this is awesome, it's working. And then it comes to a grinding halt. And you're like, what the fuck's going on here? And then maybe you lower your food a bit more and you lose a little bit more weight. And then again, it comes to a grinding halt and it seems to happen very quickly. Again, this is what we, we sort of describe as an adaptive metabolism. Your metabolism is able to lower very quickly, more so than it should. Okay. Whenever you lose weight, your metabolism typically adapts and adjusts because you're changing, uh, you know, you're literally weighing less uh, and you are putting less into your body. And so it's all this kind of interconnected world of, of things talking to each other. So when you diet, your metabolism should make some adjustments as you go, no matter what. Adaptive metabolisms tend to make these way quicker 
uh, and they do that by a couple of mechanisms, but long story short, you end up burning less calories than you kind of should be. And again, weight loss comes to a bit of a grinding halt. What's interesting is this adaptive metabolism goes both ways, meaning there are people out there who struggle to gain weight, a little bit more common in uh, males who want to kind of bulk up and gain muscle. And they're what's, what's sort of quote unquote hard gainers. Sometimes these types of people have adaptive metabolisms the other way, which that means uh, they eat more food to try gain weight, to gain muscle, and their metabolism speeds up with it and they end up not gaining much muscle or weight and they find no matter how much they eat they just can't gain weight and i hear about these people and i want to like super kick them in the face hearing about that problem because i am the opposite end of the spectrum but it's true now there was actually a study done where they made they made this group of guys overeat by i think a thousand calories so they said you're going to eat a thousand calories more than what you eat uh, normally and they were expecting them obviously to gain a lot of weight and they wanted to see how they would respond and the upper echelon of the adaptive metabolism people again who upregulated their metabolism in response to this they found that 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 the top person or the top people did about 800 calories extra their metabolism increased in response to the thousand calorie increase in food so think about that for a second you shove another thousand calories in your mouth every day which is a substantial amount of calories like a lot of people consume 2000 a day so now you're eating like another 50 percent on top of what you normally eat and your body is so adaptive you end up burning 800 of those off. And so your net difference is 200 calories. So you're shoving extra food in your mouth, probably feeling stuffed all day, and you're getting this tiny, tiny surplus of calories you know, net. And this is why there are guys out there who have to eat like just monstrous amounts of food to gain weight. And if they aren't extremely uh, proactive about how much they eat, they just won't gain weight or they lose weight. And so this is just this is just going through how life works and genetics. And it's interesting and I think important to acknowledge all of these kind of variabilities in our bodies. And I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to conclusions and say you're on one end of the spectrum, no matter who you are listening to this, because the examples I gave there are very much the the far ends of the spectrum, the outliers. But it's important I still think to know what can go on in our body and how that impacts things. When it comes to, you know, the adaptive metabolism in terms of struggling to lose weight, the more typical example where, again, you're, you're trying to lose weight, you, you are following diet, you're eating well, exercising more, and not seeing the results you would hope to see, that can be a byproduct of too much dieting and too many kind of quick fix diets, low, low calorie, losing weight, gaining weight. Those cycles have been shown to typically lead to developing more of an adaptive adaptive metabolism um, or some people just call that like metabolic adaptation and again your metabolism sort of changes because of the way you've dieted so this is something again i've sort of unfortunately seen a lot in my many years of, of running my women's only studio uh, and i think because it's a, it's a, it is a little more common in females not to generalize but uh, there's obviously the, the body image stereotypes of the of you know females that goes around which is very well kind of talked about these days you know the magazine cover body that's probably unrealistic for a lot of people you know but you want to get there and you know if you pick up any of those magazines have you ever read the headlines and the articles in those things it's like how to lose seven kilos in 17 days how to drop 20 inches off your waist with this one freaking exercise or seven minute abs a lot of the promises are very quick fix is my point and so typically, which is what I've found from my experience is more, a lot of the clients I've worked with in the female gym have done approaches that were relatively extreme, very low calorie, wanting to see results quick because they were, you know, you were promised that and you get all motivated and that's what you want. You do see results temporarily, you can lose weight quite quickly, 
uh, and then it's hard to stick to, it's not sustainable. So you go back to the old ways because willpower is a finite resource that will run out and so does your motivation. And you go back to old ways of eating, gain the weight back and this can happen you know, multiple times, multiple times and, and the faster the, the weight comes on and off and the, uh, the larger in terms of absolute numbers that comes on and off is what typically determines the level of metabolic adaptation. So I hope that wasn't too complicated, but essentially, if you lose 10 kilos in a month and then gain 10 kilos back in a month, that's probably doing like that's probably not good on your metabolism to shift your body that quick with weight loss and weight gain. Yeah, if it was two kilos in a month and then you gain two kilos back in three months, you probably like probably not gonna have the same effect, just very kind of logically, intuitively, we can kind of think about that. But again, I've heard all the stories. I've heard people who've done a 500 calorie diets. I had one lady, remember, she told me she was losing a kilo a day on this diet. I'm like, yeah, well, that's, that's a lot of weight loss. If you did that for a whole year, you'd be negative 300 kilos, which would be dead. Uh, so <laughs> I say that to sort of point out the obvious fact that like, that is not sustainable in the closest thing. But she was like, every morning I lost a kilo, this is working. And I'm like, well, yeah, working, quote unquote. Uh, and so she lost a lot of weight very quickly. I think she lost 10 kilos plus in a month. Uh, and then had to come off the diet for whatever reason or stopped it. I cannot remember the whole story. And she gained most of it back. And when she came to talk to me, she was saying how she was back on a very low calorie diet. She wasn't eating much. And I don't think she was just like making it up and lying to me and just saying she wasn't eating much, but secretly, you know, shoveling KFC in her mouth every night. I'm pretty sure she actually wasn't eating much and she wasn't losing weight now. And I pretty much put it down to the fact that she ate 500 calories a day for a month and her body adapted to that in the way any any body would adapt to that because otherwise you die, lowered her metabolism greatly. And now every time she goes on a low calorie kind of diet, her body's like, well, we've, been, we've done this before and it wasn't fun and it adjusts her metabolism down very quickly. So a lot of that's kind of just layman's terms, but this is essentially the phenomenon and the effect that can happen and why it then becomes very difficult to lose weight and it can feel like you have a slow metabolism or you have some thing that is completely uh, stopping you from losing weight. I think the other the other little caveat to it is that sometimes when you've gone through a few attempts at losing weight and they haven't been as successful as you like, subsequent attempts don't come with the same level of enthusiasm because it's kind of, if it's failed before, I, I've just found some people, they're starting something new, like they've come to my gym or just, you know, they've heard about what they're starting and they're not really doing it with such a, a sense of conviction that it's going to work because the last four attempts failed. And when you do something without absolute conviction, it's going to work. You typically don't do it as consistently and with a dedication that you might normally. So that's another little thing that I have found as to why it then feels like it gets harder and harder. Well, you're probably not as strict as you were the first time you did it, which is very funny because this is the day one show. It's about doing things like it's day one again, right? So that's just like big picture stuff. What on earth do you do if you uh, feel like any of these relate to you, whether it's the PCOS or the thyroid, whether you just have dieted a lot, and now you have a hard time dieting, or you just think inherently it's difficult for you to lose weight. As, as I sort of said before, and I really want to stress it, the first step is is acceptance. And there is just no, there is no use and no benefit to living your life uh, upset that you got dealt a certain hand and wishing you got different cards and wishing things were different. And, I, and like, I know how it's, it's how easy and uh, tantalizing it is to start doing that because I've done it. I used to do it a lot when I was younger, especially. I just wanted to be like the normal kids. Yeah. It's very easy to fall down that rabbit hole. It's very tempting to just 
you know, want to kind of go, well, why do, why is it harder for me? Why do other people lose weight easier? Why do I have this condition, that condition? Why do I have these challenges in my life? But the reality is it doesn't get you fucking anywhere. As harsh as that may be and as direct as it may be, the truth is it serves zero purpose. Okay, sitting back, wishing things were different, uh, complaining, whining, all the above, it gets you a grand total of nowhere. So instead, you must just go, this is the way it is. It's this way for a reason. And I'm going to choose to look at this as an opportunity to better myself. If it's harder for you to lose weight or you have these things against you, you need to say, good. Because in the process of overcoming these things, I am going to get better and I'm going to become a more disciplined person. I'm going to prove to myself that even when the odds are stacked against me, I can still overcome it and do something and make it happen. And that, that is very empowering. We're far less inspired by people who had it easy and then succeeded as we are with people who had, again, their backs against the wall, the chip stacks against them, and they came out on top. And it's the, on, it's, it's the only attitude towards these challenges that will get you anywhere. All other attitudes are a waste of energy and a waste of time. But you've got to look at these things as, this is what it is, and I'm going to find a way to make this serve me, right? It's easy to look at things like that and say, this has been put here to stop me getting where I want to be. You have to flip it. Say, no, this is here because it's going to further drive me to do better, to be more consistent, and to apply myself more to this task. It's the only attitude that has any benefit. You must, must begin with that. Once you've got the right attitude, what the hell do you actually do with said attitude? First things first is you need to get a real good grasp of actually what's going on with your, your weight and your nutrition and things like that. And so what I mean by this is, you really do have to start monitoring what you're eating, okay? If you feel like you have a hard time losing weight, then guess what? You need to start tracking exactly how much you're putting in. You need to start weighing yourself each morning so you can see the difference in your weight based on what you're taking in. And then you can start making some educated decisions based on that, okay? A lot of people will find that they think they have a slower metabolism, but they're just eating more than they realize. When you start tracking that accurately, you'll find it's not actually the case, okay? I'd be tracking your food. I'd be tracking things like your steps, how much you're moving outside the gym. That's a big, big, big factor in your ability to lose weight. And people underestimate the impact of just daily movement. Sometimes they overestimate a workout and underestimate daily movement. So you go to the gym for 45 minutes and you're like, ha, oh, I did that. That must have burned shitloads of calories. Actually, if you just got on your feet for a couple of times a day for some walks, you'd burn more calories doing that, right? So you want to look at how much you're moving. So I'd look at your steps. Almost everyone has a Fitbit or an Apple Watch these days. So you can look at your steps, look at how much you're taking in, and look at your body weight, get a baseline, get a baseline. See, what am I doing at the moment? If your weight's maintaining and you're taking 7,000 steps a day on average and eating uh, 2,000 calories a day on average, great, now you've hit baseline, okay? You need that. And then you're gonna really meticulously track these things as you go on your journey. Now, if you feel like it's you're ready to, you're looking to lose weight, then you, obviously you need to lower your calories to a certain amount or potentially increase your movement or exercise or both. And generally it's a bit of both. So you drop that down, you're moving more, and you start to really, again, meticulously track the changes in weight and how that's going for you. If you feel, this is where it gets into a lot of hypotheticals, okay? If you drop your calories fairly low, you're moving a lot, and you hit a plateau very early, there is really two potential options from here. If you feel like you can lower your food more and move more, and you don't feel the side effects of low calories, because if you eat too little, uh, there's a lot of side effects that can come, like low in energy, feeling lethargic, sleep can get disturbed, bad mood, just being a grumble bum all day. And no one wants you to be a grumble bum. If you're feeling, so long story short, if you're feeling good 
and you've lowered your calories a little bit, but now you're not losing as much weight as you like. You could lower them more and increase your movement more. And again, if you have a, a metabolism or one of these conditions that makes life difficult, you might just have to really lower that food and really move your body a lot, right? It may be more than you think you should have to do, but we got to deal with life the way it is, not the way we wish it was. So if that's the case, that's the case. So you lower that more, lower your food, move more uh, until you feel like, A, trying to get weight loss coming off, losing, losing weight, uh, or until you really feel like there's some serious side effects of doing that and you just cannot maintain that level of food uh, or you cannot maintain that much movement, okay? Because that is going to be reality. Option two at that point is you may need to go on a very uh, intentional period of maintaining your weight and trying to increase your metabolism as a byproduct of increasing your food intake. So this is sort of typically called reverse dieting in the nutritional world. Reverse dieting, essentially, as the name suggests, instead of dieting where you lower calories, uh, you are increasing your food intake. That's why it's called reverse dieting. And when you do this correctly, the end result we're going for is an increase in your metabolism with minimal to no weight gain. Okay, And for people who have like I mentioned earlier, done the kind of lost weight, gain weight, lost weight, gain weight a lot, you you may you very much may need to go on this period of maintenance or reverse dieting because constantly shifting from eating like I don't care and then you're like, oh, I've gained weight, I've got to lose weight, so you've got a low-calorie diet and then you lose motivation and then eat whatever the fuck you want, gain the weight back, like, oh, I'm feeling fat again, lose, try to lose weight. Going through that cycle time and time again, again, does that sort of quote-unquote damage to your metabolism, gets it more adaptive. You need to get away from that mindset. And that could be a, t a podcast for a whole nother time about sort of how do you get into a mindset where you're actually okay with not needing to lose weight. And that is very difficult for some of us and me included. Uh, but it just may need to happen for your long-term results. And so if that's where you feel like you may be at after you look at your food, your movement, your weight, again, you need to slowly eat more food. You need to be okay with not losing weight. And you need to let your metabolism kind of have a break again, quote unquote, from trying to diet. And down the line, it will be easier when you do try to lose weight. Now, all the nuance and specifics of how to reverse diet is probably a talk for another time. I just wanted this to be a big, big, big picture. Look at like what goes on with the, with the metabolism, genetics, what you can do about it. What are the things you should be looking to really get to the bottom of this? And hopefully give you a good starting point for that. And down the line, I'm sure I can talk more about how do you do the reverse dieting or how do you track these things, etc. But that's just the starting point. And I hope that was useful. Big picture, accept where things are at. You can't change what you can't change. And it's it's a waste of energy and time dwelling on it. But there are lots of things you can control. So if you look at those things I just outlined and focus on controlling them, you will have a much better time uh, with getting the results that you're after and feel a sense of empowerment and control of your body and life. So I hope that helped. I hope that uh, illuminated some of the genetic stuff out there in the world and gave you a good starting point. So hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, do me an amazing favor. Please share this with other people that you think might benefit from it because the more people we can help, the better. So share it out in your social media, tag me and let me know what you thought of it. And uh, feel free to give us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this. Give it a few, few stars, helps us out. I'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day. Bye. Oh,